listening to iOS Dev Break, 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break Episode 4. In this episode, we have the last of the Dash saga, or at least we hope so. Uh, we'll, we also have some new MacBook Pros announced. Okay, we have some follow-up on the Dash story, and I really didn't want to talk much more about this, but I did want to mention that there is an excellent discussion of both sides of the issue that Daniel Jelkit and Manton Reese talk about on their show, Core Intuition. And if, if you've never listened to Core Intuition, I highly recommend you go check them out, and you can find them at coreint.org. And the episode in particular is episode number 254, which is titled It Blew Up in This Case. And uh, that particular episode is great because what's interesting is that uh, Daniel and Manton take roughly opposite sides on the discussion about Dash. And so it and some good points are brought up on both sides, and you can make up your own decision on the matter. Uh, I just I didn't want to talk any more about it. Uh, aside from the fact, just to reemphasize that, uh, you what we do learn from this is that you could get into a situation where Apple has the right to basically shut down your developer account if you don't work with them, or if you engage in uh, what they consider to be unethical practices. Uh, so. So that's something that we need to be aware of as iOS developers. Um, it's less of an issue on the Mac side. If you're a Mac app developer, you also can distribute your applications just over the internet, and uh, that's what many do. In fact, many have chosen to distribute their apps not using the Mac App Store and uh, distribute them um basically on their own. And that's, that's a great business model if you can make it work. Um, so, but in, for us who are iOS developers, it's a little more serious because Apple is the gatekeeper to that. So that is something that we need to keep in mind and be careful of and make sure we are not engaging in practices that could jeopardize our livelihood. And, uh, so that's it's something to think about and to consider and I just wanted to bring it up because that discussion that Daniel and Manton do on that episode of Core Intuition, I thought was a really good analysis of both sides. So um, hope you enjoy that. The link for that will be in the show notes. And the show notes can be found on iosdevbreak.com. And this is episode four, so you'll be able to find it that way. Some other news and current events. Uh, everybody's been talking about the new MacBook Pros. The thing that I find the most exciting about that is the, the touch bar. And it's a great name for that. And the functionality looks really exciting. And it's what I thought was very interesting was that I, I wasn't really thinking in terms of what we could do with it as developers. I'm not a Mac developer, at least not yet. Though that's something I'd like to explore at some point. But... Uh, I hadn't really considered the developer possibilities of it until the morning of the Apple event. And I was on the core intuition Slack channel 
and uh, some ideas were being thrown about and it kind of got some some of the juices flowing in my mind about things that could be done and sure enough some of those things that they had uh, or that that came to my mind were actually displayed in the Apple event things like scrubbing audio and video um, so I thought that was a really really uh, interesting innovation that they've come up with and it'll be it will be interesting to see what developers do with it I like I said I, I'm not a Mac developer so I don't know what I will do if anything with it um, I haven't even decided if I'm going to to get a new MacBook Pro I do need to replace my personal machine but I do have some other options there so so I don't know we'll see they, it looks exciting I would love to have a new machine but uh, I, I may have to wait a little while and and maybe it's maybe that's not such a bad idea. Just wait for the new machines to come out, see what everyone's reaction of them. Wait wait a few months to see if there's any bugs or uh, hardware issues that could that come out of it. So I guess we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, in other current events, I'm really excited because I am working on a new project. This is a side project that I started back in 2014, and it's something that I have worked on for a bit and then shelved for a while and then worked on for a bit, then shelved. And I finally resurrected it recently, mostly out of necessity. Um, one of the things that I have been doing in my secular work is actually wor working with React uh, JavaScript on the website and also React Native. So to keep my... To keep myself working with Swift, Swift 3, iOS, um, I thought it would be a good idea for me to keep working on the, the, the project. So I, I dug it out, started it, and, and I'm plugging away at it. So I'm hoping I can get that done by the end of the year. We'll see. And uh, I'm really excited about it because, it's like I said, it's a project I started a long time ago. But I really haven't had the bandwidth to get back into it. So I'm excited about, about that. One of the things that we'd uh, like to talk about this week also, uh, I didn't really mention it in the intro, but uh, in the the area of UIKit, which uh, the segment I'm sort of playing around with the idea of calling it the UIKit bag, is uh, that I've been in this application that I'm working on right now, uh, one of the things that I'm doing is using a view controller containment. And this is turning out to be super interesting and useful. And it's something that uh, I think it was Marco Arments who mentioned it recently on one of the, his episodes of Under the Radar with David Smith, and uh, that he's using uh, view controller containment a lot. And um, I had used it quite a bit as well and found it useful. And I just wanted to revisit that. As it turns out, I really needed it because I'm doing something akin to basically building a using a, a UI tab bar and but not using a UI tab bar controller so I'm trying to work with some of the functionality uh, that UI tab bar provides um, but then it, using view controller containment to uh, to enhance the experience and and basically clean up and make things work the way that Apple suggests and what I found was really interesting and this is something that I had not researched before, or if, if I had, it's been a while. Um, many times, I don't know if your experience is the same way as mine, but many times if I want to learn 
a particular aspect of iOS development, I'll either uh, hit up Stack Overflow or perhaps there will be some tutorial someplace with some interesting um, or some sort of a walkthrough or information on how to get a particular feature going. And, you know, then you it sort of gives the easiest and simplest way. And then you can take it from there and customize it to your liking. But one of the things that I found with regard to uh, view controller containment is the fact that the Apple developer docs have some really interesting and good suggestions. And this is something that I don't think I had read had read before, so I thought I'd share it with you. And it turns out they actually have a section in the documentation for where they discuss view controller containment. They talk about suggestions for building a container view controller. And I thought this was good. It says, uh, continue, consider, I thought this was good. It says, consider the following tips when implementing your own container classes. The first one is to access only the root view of a child view controller. And this makes sense because really you want to isolate the parent from the children. And in this case, you would only access the root view, basically the the view that is exposed by the child view controller's view property. And so I, th I thought that was a really good suggestion. And this is a kind of a good practice to get into that when you're designing components for your applications, trying to isolate those, it also makes them more reusable too when other components don't have knowledge of what's inside. It's a good separation of concerns and keeping them relatively agnostic uh, and um, independent of other parts of the application. The next thing that they mention is that child view controllers should have minimal knowledge of their container. And so this is, this is going the other way and that the child view controllers, it, it's best if you can make it so that they have no knowledge, then you can really make them portable, but they, they really focus on their own content as the, the article continues by mentioning. And uh, also that it should use delegation. And this is a great pattern. I'm sure if you have been doing iOS development for a while, you are very familiar already with the delegation design pattern. And so this is how we would do it, where you would have a view controller, a child view controller that has a delegate that it uses to inform its parent as to what's going on inside the child view controller. That way you can separate those things. And that way the child doesn't have to know what's going on outside of its world. So an another good, good practice. And the last suggestion was one that I did not expect, but it actually is a pretty good, a good suggestion, which is to design your container using regular views first. So what they're saying is design your container to have just standard UI views initially. Use those to lay out and experiment with first, and then progress to using view controllers and their views to populate the, the parent. So they, they put it as when the regular views work as expected, swap them out for the views of your child view controllers. So I thought that was kind of a good idea. Um, I don't know how far you could take that, but probably you wouldn't want to take it too far, but it, it gives a good practice to think about when, uh, when working with view controller containment. And another area in the uh, the technical arena, uh, it's something that I ran into when I was working, again, on this the same project. 
And this is, uh, initially I thought this was a really clunky feature of enums, but it's, it's again, Swift is one of these languages that I've, I'm finding that a lot of things don't make sense when I first try them out, but then once I think about why they're doing what they're doing, then it makes perfect sense. And uh, when working with enums, uh, one of the things I was running into is that I wanted to be able to, at least how I was approaching it initially, was to cast an integer into an enum. But as it turns out, that's not really what you want to do. Uh, there's a topic um, in the the developer docs on this very, very subject of initializing an enum from a raw value. And this is one of the things, it, it actually drove me a little bit crazy initially because I couldn't figure out what it was actually asking me to do. Xcode was not really helping me figure out what it and the language needed in this case. So after nosing around a little bit, then I discovered, oh, you need to initialize it and you initialize it with a raw value. And this is the the discussion is really interesting. And I'm uh, again, there will be a link in the show notes to this topic because I thought it was a really good reminder, which is that if you use this initializer, uh, it is a, a failable initializer. So uh, it, it can return nil. And so that's important to remember because it, and it makes sense because if you have an enum that only has three values in it, and if you pass it a 10, what is what do you expect it to do? So actually, I, I think they chose the right direction in this, which is that it returns an optional enum. So if you have it, if it's called my enum, let's just use that as an example, my enum. And so you initialize one of these using... Uh, the raw value initializer and you pass it the 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 tenth and it would if it's beyond the bounds of that enum then it'll return nil however if it is within the bounds of the enum then it'll return the equivalent value of my enum so that is uh it's it's really useful and at first it it really i i was not crazy about it at first uh, it seemed really complex but now in retrospect and thinking about it and mulling it over i actually really like this um but what the the important thing to remember is that it does return an optional. So that means that if you are smart about it, you'll want to use optional binding. And uh, that means using an if let statement for the value that you're converting and then do all the processing of that within the uh, the if let. So that's, a, that's just another tip of the week. For uh, for Swift, and that is with initializing with a, a raw value, and I thought it'd be nice to talk about that just because it wasn't really clear. So that's all we have time for this week, and um, I just want to mention about our sponsor this week is Cloud City Development, and if you would like to work with me and Cloud City Development's awesome designers and developers on your next iOS or web or backend project. Uh, if you'd like to work with us, uh, we'd like to work with you. So if you have an app that you're trying to get off the ground, or perhaps you need the, the backend for your web or mobile app to be developed, please contact Cloud City Development today and see how we can help you.
and you'll be in very good hands with us. And we love working with nice people who have great ideas. And I know that uh, listeners of this show have great ideas and we'd love to help you. So if you're, if you'd like to find out more information and you could also get a complimentary half hour consultation, uh, just go to cloudcity.io. And if you would like to help iOS dev break, there's several ways you can do that. And if you want to learn more, um, I, I'd recommend just go to iOS dev break and check out the show notes. And uh, I have the, the standard list of ways that you can help on the on that page. And I don't want to take up too much time on the podcast for that. But um, anyway, so there you go. Thank you so much for listening and downloading. And I'm hoping I can get another episode out really soon here. We have more things to talk about. But until then, I will see you on the flip side. Thank you.